This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. 16 minutes after 1 o'clock. The top stories this week is coming up with former Vits SRC member Kamogelo Mabe. Um, and he's going to take us through and talk about some of the top stories that we had within this week. You two can give us a call if there's a story that caught your attention and you'd like for us to highlight on 0861-987-000. That's 0861-987-000. So that is what's coming up shortly with Kamogelo. And then we'll also be speaking about alternative history and conspiracy theories theories with politics and international relations academic Malusi Mube. So those conversations are coming up. Let's start immediately then with um, Kamuhelo. Hi Kamu, how are you? Good afternoon Tsehu and good afternoon to the listeners at home. Um, yeah, it's good to be here once again. <laughs> it's good to have you. Thank you so much for coming in. So of course we saw big stories um, coming out of this particular week week rather i'd like to start with the senzo meyua trial because it's one that has been on the radar for the longest time um and then there's a huge bombshell that has dropped this week right kelly kumalo being implicated in apparently her wanting to actually have a hit on senzo i mean first things first i think the one thing when i looked at the story i thought of how long has this been going on like the case in itself but most importantly, then I thought of like the ordinary citizen who wants to put faith in the justice system. Mm. And then, you know, putting the time frame that this case has been ongoing. Now, what has the new revelations? And now the question would be what next? Because the ordinary South African citizen who wants to put faith in the justice system is looking at, OK, so what will happen now with the new findings? Will there be something that is created now to create another plot twist that kind of removes uh, Kelly Kumalo? Or now do we actually now hold her accountable now because of the new evidence that that has been submitted. Mm. So I think really a lot of people are watching this with one, I feel like maybe concern as to when will this case end? Because I think also for the family, um, the other part of it, I thought about the family and thought like, you know, you want to heal from this, you know, but you know, as once you're not concluding on the case, it's like you're still constantly trying to find justice. You're just trying to find comfort in this whole situation, but you're really not because there is nothing that is coming out of this except mm-hmm. just more and more damage that has been created and no one to actually really find accountable for and this. And I mean, it's 10 said. years this year that Senzo was shot and killed, right, in this botched um, th- robbery, as the state is calling it. And like you say, the family, the Mayua family, would also like to find some kind of closure 10 years later. Exactly. So like, it's like now a question of, so what's next now? what will happen mm. because next thing the court um the the child will sit again then it's it's extended we find ourselves in 2025 the case is still sitting 2026 the case is sitting so really i feel like the justice system in itself needs to also be looked at with a close eye and we look at it and say are they really playing their part as the way they should be playing mm. their part in this whole matter? And we know that this is a trial within a trial, Gamo, right? That's currently unfolding. When we spoke yesterday to a legal analyst about Kelly Kumalo being implicated here in the in the trial, um, he said this trial within a trial in itself could take four months. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him, what? He's like, well, it might be shorter, but it is a trial within a trial. The actual trial has now been paused because of this trial within a trial. So you're right, you know, and there are lawyers that I've spoken to before who say, you know, the justice system, the wheels take a while to turn, but they eventually do. 
But let's hope that they eventually turn for the best and the betterment of the country because besides just, I think, the limelight of um, this case in itself, but we're looking at many other crimes that are committed within the country. Mm. So obviously this one, because you look at Sensome, you are a national icon, you look at Kelly Kumalo, somewhat also a national icon because of, you know, you know Kelly Kumalo as a powerhouse that she is within this country. So it's just not only about them, but obviously now you look at legal um, experts looking at this case and saying a child within a child. So you realize that you, the justice system, as you unfold and unpack it, you know, as a legal expert and from a legal eye, mm. it's like more complicated than you just think. Because I mean, on our side, you can look at you can look at it from an analyst and a commentary perspective, but we all just at the end of the day don't want what's what's right, both for mm. the Mayweather family and just simply for the ordinary South African citizen who's watching and wants to actually see the justice system at work. Mm, absolutely. All right, let's move away from that um, and go to your former. Are you still at Vits? I'm still at Vits. Uh, I'm still at Vits this year again, <laughs> doing my postgrad now. Awesome, awesome stuff. We look forward to the picture of you graduating. So Vitz has received 14,000 applications for the 2024 um, academic year. And we know that these, um, you know, these institutions can't accept that many. Yeah. Um, actually, you, uh, you, you mentioned 14,000. It's, it's actually 140,000 140, applications. Yes. And what's interesting is that last year, when um, at the welcome day, they said they received over 100,000. They say it's 140,000. So you can just imagine every year the vets' demand is becoming more and more. Mm. I mean, coming from vets myself, I understand that, you know, being inside, yes, it's prestigious and everything. But I mean, Firstly, I actually want to also highlight this. Someone was, um, you know, commenting and saying that UJ received 600,000 applications. Mm. But obviously, we look at UJ, you say it's free applications. So you can imagine if VETS was in that position of free applications, how many they were going to receive. But I mean... But there's also a bit more um, campuses, sorry, um, yeah. for UJ, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, this, the enroll and intake of universities are much more complicated than just, you know, looking at it from, you know, outside. But I mean, looking at Vids University, um, 6,000 only, only first, 6,000 first years only can be taken um, into the university. And then you can 6, imagine 000. how many matriculants, um, you know, across the country are writing their final exams. And then there's 26 universities how many of them can make it into university mm. even at that just beyond um, Vets University, you know, just not only focusing on Vets University, but all the universities in the country. But I mean, interestingly, yesterday um, we were with um, one of the TVET colleges and the lady was just so disappointed because she was asking a um, group of matriculants and the first question that um, she asked is, who wants to go to university? And almost the whole room, you know, raised their mm. hands. So the other worry is oh, no. matriculants, um, find themselves in a situation with all of them actually or most of them want to go to universities and they neglect at colleges others will you won't find that they will even but you must understand that the country also is in need of people who are highly skilled and TVET colleges can also offer that so I think maybe it's also just going back to the drawing board as to what are the teachers when what are they teaching um, the 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 learners from the grade 10 are you teaching them and instilling university principles only or are you trying to also push them to also think beyond university as well so it is quite worrying hey 
I'm glad you mentioned TVET colleges, right? Because I was listening to an interview that the Deputy Minister of Higher Education had, um, Butima Namel, on one of the TV stations. And he was also advocating for TVET colleges, you know, or universities of technology. Look, I'm a product of a university of technology, right? And I can tell you that you get the practicalness of it at the University of Technology. And like you say, with TVET colleges, there's also the skills training that actually happens during your time there. So this lady, as these students raise that they want to go to university, what did she have to say? Was, was there a way that she was able to encourage them to instead go to a TVET college? Also, when you look at the number of applications, at some point they need to be split amongst the TVET colleges, universities of technology and universities themselves. Indeed. Um, so she was really um, encouraging them as well to think because her presentation mostly was actually factoring in the parts of what you mentioned um the practical application of what you're studying skills training you know skills development and one of the examples she made she was like um look at plumbers uh, a plumber can never run out of a job because a plumber is a it's 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 the consistent thing you need it every day you wake up in the morning there's something broken um you know that that needs a plumber they will always need a job in those cases but who wants to really focus on that and say that i want to be a plumber so it's those kind of things that she was trying to make them aware of that go and do your research find out what what does what are the skills that this country needs what is what are the practical applications of the degree that you can always um you know put into the work it's those kind of things that she was just trying to push and i really really loved her presentation at that you know and and it's it's less money i suppose right going to a tvet college for parents but there's you know like owen is saying that there's money within plumbing right and the skills that are needed and that are taught at tvet colleges you know, you're able to get a job. You you somehow, and I'm putting guaranteed in inverted commas, you somehow guaranteed a job. Yes, because even if you look at how, when they're studying, so within the time frame, if they say that um, it's over um, three years, they have to study over three years, 18 months, it's towards theory. Um, the other 18 months, it's towards um, going out and doing mm, your practical. um, practicals. Mm, yeah, so yeah. by the time you actually graduate, you already can somewhat say that you have work experience because actually you were putting your degree into practice or what you were learning rather into practice. Mm. So it's those kind of things that you re- by the time you actually walk out of university, you don't actually still have to hustle your way into internships or whatever. You might find that you've already made the necessary connections so that you can be able to now start moving. Just a quick question, Kamu. Why are people paying application fees? Yo, um, look, we'll, firstly, first of all, I think public institutions, as much as we say that, but they're still capital, uh, capitalists in their own nature, mm. right? Um, and it's, I think, some a, a lengthy discussion at that as well to say that is it really, really a good model? Um, you know, and universities have this tendency in my SRC term as well, we'd always raise these kind of questions that why do we have to pay just for entrance, mm. right? I'm coming from a rural family. Um, someone was even making an example that um, I think the one of the members of the COSAS uh, preparatory task team was mentioning something that they, 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 they uh, met a learner from Eastern Cape who at in, like in their household, they don't even have money to buy a candle. So you can imagine if they want to access Vets University, I don't have money to buy a candle, but I must pay 200 Rand for application fee. It's that kind of thing that really in the 
country that we live in, someone with eight distinctions, when they walk out with eight distinctions, but they don't have 200 rand mm. application fee, are we really uh, depriving them from accessing the right institutions or these bougie institutions, <laughs> if we can say that, you know? So, yeah, it's that kind of thing that I think the discussion should at this current moment be let's scrape and do away with application fees. Besides the argument that universities will come and say our operating expenses are usually covered by this, by that. Mm. Because I know with one unit at Vets University, they'll tell you that the 900, the 990 rand application um, that you pay for accommodation is what keeps an office running. But come on, let's create, let's create budgets within the university that don't end up depriving me from accessing those um, systems and places. And really just make university accessible for people, right? Let's take a quick call from Bangane before we go to news headlines. Hi, Bangane. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Fine and you, Bangane. I have got just one question because it's all, all, almost the news now. Yes, um, my question uh, to your guest, how can we make um, the, the FET college sexy? And attractive, yeah. Because not all the kids actually are academics, and also maybe also to look at the curriculum of the FET, not to produce employees, but to produce ent- ent- entrepreneurs that will actually even uh, create jobs. Not because all the kids, the only thing that is in their mind is to get a degree and get a job. Mm. Mm. Um, that's my comment. All right, thank you for that, and I agree with you. There must be a way that we can make these TVET colleges attractive right to the younger generation what how do you think that can be done come i think um first let me let me actually comment on um the the last thing that um the the college just said mm-hmm. in terms of you know pro- not producing employees but being able to produce entrepreneurs and in essence that's just saying producing employers mm-hmm. um and i think that is the most important thing but it also starts i think with the mindset also of a graduate that i is your degree there so that you can be able to go work for someone else or um are you going to use creativity and innovation so that we can solve the country's um problems so i think for me degrees should be rather um a met, uh, it should be rather something that is for solution creations rather than having to create because to be honest these days it seems like degrees are there to actually now become more problems for the country because you de- you have a degree and then what unemployment then the numbers go up. So I think also as graduates, maybe we should, whilst we doing our degree, for instance, um, I'm going to be graduating soon in education. Oh, um, am, I, am I going to be a teacher or can I be able to come up with something that maybe I can actually employ more um, teachers and then we have tutoring services? It's that kind of thing. You know, creating more employment with just also your degree as well. But then, now, going to the um, colleges, how can we make them more attractive? I think also it's a responsibility of academics as well, right? I think this as well has to do with academics because most academics want to stay within universities. Mm. Why don't academics go also in these colleges so that they can be able to use their wealth of experience and wealth of knowledge as well to enhance these programs that are offered at colleges? Mm. Once your program is offered in the best way, you're going to create obviously a best learning experience within Mm. the college. But also the government as well. What is the government doing as well to be able to, you know, um, um, offer proper support because it's one thing to be defunding um university programs but it's another thing as well when you have to go discuss now the college funding 
model as well because a lot of colleges and other primaries that you might find yourself in the college but you have to be self-paying and then thereafter you just opt to go to university because NSVS is rather much more broader there. Sure. Let's go quickly go to news headlines with Ntlantla Sihume and then we'll continue our conversation with the former VITS SRC member Kamukhelo Mabe. We're actually looking at the top stories of the week, but of course the issue of applications and universities and TVETs is going to take center stage, especially also what's happening with NESFAS. It's time for news headlines. Power Lunch, weekdays 12 to 3 p.m. on Power 98.7. It's 13.36. We'll wrap up our conversation with Kamukhelo Mabe, who is a former VITS SRC member. And we've been speaking mainly about VITS receiving over 140,000 applications for 2024. Um, and we've got another call that I want us to go to. But I actually just want to, um, you know, just add on to what you said before the news about making colleges attractive, right? It's all good and dandy, I suppose, to have the academics going there to teach them. But what about those that come from these colleges? those that actually studied there, would that not also, you know, I don't know how they would do it, maybe spread the word somehow, maybe via so their social media or something, or maybe go with the minister when these things are happening to say, listen, I'm a product of a TVET college. Yeah, so basically what you would be referring to, it's creating the alumni network of mm. it, right? Um, and that I think is important for um, any institution of higher learning. Um, you know, when you create a alumni kind of group or system, usually others they call it a convocation of sorts, mm-hmm. right? That one it increases your donations, and two as well, um, um, the value of the degree can also increase because of now who, what kind of backing does it have in terms of the name and status that they hold. So it's important. Yes, yes, you can come with them, uh, but I think also. The these colleges, when if they create these alumni groups that can be also well known to the public, you know, um, you for instance, if you visit um a VITS website, for instance, look at the alumni, you know that you'd be able to see okay, so and so from whatever company is coming from there. Okay, that means that I can make something out of it. Mm. You know, so these colleges, I think, if they can also create that kind of structure and framework. It, it it alleviates a lot of challenges that you can have in terms of making it uh, fashionable. Absolutely, absolutely. Lots more that can still be done. Lutendo in the Val, good afternoon. Oh, hi, sir, how are you? Fine, Lutendo. What's on your mind, sir? Um, it, it actually frustrates me, this issue of, of, of young kids and, and TVET colleges and the careers that they want to choose, which, um, to be honest, um, I'm, I'm from an industry and we've seen the attitude that they come with the mm-hmm. first person that even from university to go the first thing that they want is a laptop, cell phone, and an office. Mm. And you ask yourself, but you know, you know nothing. Mm. Coming from the university doesn't doesn't mean you know what we're doing in the industry. And they don't take that pride to say, let me learn what's happening first, and then I'll be able to to, to work my way up. Uh, mm. That's the problem that I have with mm. TVET colleges. Is that, uh, to be honest, the traditional uh, uh, jobs. Young kids are not interested in like plumbing, um, um, uh, motor mechanics. They're not really interested in those because it's it's manual labor, mm. to be honest. And mm. and I think that's what we've seen in the industry, that most of them really, really, really are. When they get there, they just want to do it because they're at school. The they, they, they TVET becomes a rebound from them being rejected in university or not having a space in university. Same with the, with the University of Technology. Uh, we all wanted to go to vets, uh, but some of us ended up in Valley University of Technology, but we've seen the value of it mm. Um, mm. being practical. But I think we need to change the mindset that, look, not all of us are going to be doctors. 
Not all mm. of us are going to be engineers, and that, not all of us are going to be entrepreneurs. By the way, also, mm. so so we need to speak those those. And and I agree with you guys that the activities are not doing enough to promote themselves mm. in 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 high schools and doing roadshows for the kids uh, for the for the young kids about what is it that they can offer that that can give them opportunities when mm. they finish study. Mm. All right. I agree with you with you there, Lutendo. Thank you so much for your call this afternoon. And it really is something, and I want to link it up then to the next story about President Ramaphosa calling on business to scrap prior work experience for unemployed youth. I mean, if you go, I suppose, if you get that training at school, right, in tertiary, you are able to have some kind of work experience or some kind of training when you go into the working world. But haven't we heard this before? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have we not heard this before? Why is he having to repeat it? I, I think that's my biggest issue now. What nowadays with politicians that really, what's going to be different from the last manifesto that you gave me? Um, what's going to be different from the last January eighth statement? <laughs> it's like you come back to just reiterate the same thing and just using different words. And if you found fancier English. Let me throw it around. And continue making the promises. Yeah. And you just add 1% or 2% to whatever stats and you make it seem like, oh, yeah, you've worked significantly. <laughs> like, and, and it's so frustrating because, well, one, I wanted to actually first, you know, kind of link it also to like the previous topic that we had because at one point I was like thinking about it um, especially when the caller mentioned things like um, one comes from university and is expecting um, a corner office or mm. an office you know and all these benefits one I think the other problem is that some graduates you know go out with the mindset that already by virtue of me having this kind of qualification at whatever level I must already be now competing within executive positions why are we not creating humbling experiences that we actually work? Um, some, um, you know, at one point I was even thinking to myself, I'm like, if I want to go work corporate, why don't I just go start as admin? And then after that, maybe when there's opening, I'm within the company, I'm building two years, mm. three years experience within admin. Yes, maybe the thing that we could be looking at is that can we create systems that don't specify things like I'm um, within this post, knowing that, you know, it's rare to get that. Because sometimes, you know, there's this thing where they're saying that, um, for instance, if you want to be maybe a marketing tech, they say that you must be five years within marketing tech, but you consider, you think that where is, is that a job that is easily in demand? Mm. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Therefore, then the practicality of you saying five years within that position. But maybe we create systems of saying that, okay, maybe you must just simply have three years or two years working prior experience. Maybe I could have worked as an admin within the company, working as an admin wherever, but I do have the qualification. And at this point, I've exposed myself. Then let me go into that. Mm. So the t- conversation around working experience is horrific. And I think, yes, the president is quite right. But at the end of the day, do not make promises to the people knowing that you're still going to um, reiterate the same thing next year again. Mm-hmm. Or now in a few weeks time, you're going to be having the sauna. Mm. And then you're going to be simply saying, oh, youth unemployment is at this again. The government will be, you know, proposing this. Then now six months later, you'll be saying that the government interve- the government's intervention is not working well. <sighs> the youth is tired. That's one thing I can say. And particularly around employment opportunities. That is true. That is true. I want us to wrap up with Bafana Bafana.
making their way into the top 16. I know that the Power Weekend Breakfast listeners will think that, you know, I don't support Bafana Bafana, but I really do, right? On the weekends, we like debate this all the time. <laughs> I really do. But I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I totally expected this to happen. I, I mean, after the first game, a lot of people were actually on the edge of their seats. But why does Bafana Bafana do that to us? Why must we get to the edge of our seats before we can have like, you know, before we go like, okay, cool, we are in the top 16. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Maybe let's think of them like as the Springboks. You remember at one point the Springboks lost against Ireland and then they won the World Cup. Bafana Bafana won, um, lost against Mali. Hmm, are they winning the Afcon? <laughs> <laughs> I almost said something, but I'll we don't know. We don't know, but let's just rally behind <laughs> them, you know. Let's, but I mean, obviously, put that you know little room for disappointment. But let's fully rally. We never know how much support, you know, mental support, you know, yes. the mental support coming from the country. Yes. We don't know how far it will get the guys. So. Let us support them. But I think in supporting them as well, I must just make a disclaimer that Safa must also support the national women's teams as well as much as they support the national men's football teams and all other national men's teams. So I think on its own, South Africans, if you are going to be a sports-loving country, let's love all our sports teams. Exactly. Let's not be picky, right? I yeah. saw the other day on the news um, a team called Bantwana. Mm. And I was like, ooh, fascinating. So there's young girls that are obviously going to be part of Banyana Banyana, right? And I was like, and I heard this lady also say the, the support is needed from all angles when it comes to sports. And In, we, mm-hmm. Indeed. I mean, the support is needed all around. Um, it, it, it's quite disheartening to, you know, find out that Banyana Banyana is supported when they reach the latter stages of um, the groups uh, of of the competition, mm. rather. But then you find that Bafana Bafana from the first day already. So it's the same thing as well for Bantwana Bantwana. Let's look into it. Let's invest. Another thing is that that something that we undermine is investment. Are we investing in the teams from um, the development ages or are we just simply waiting for them to be miraculously fully developed? So, Bantwana Bantwana, if um, we know they're getting there, let's fully invest and let's fully rally so that we can produce world-class athletes. Do you think country. Bafana Bafana will win the FCON? Uh, if I was in a court case, I was gonna in America, I was going to say I plead the fifth <laughs> so that I really don't... <laughs> You know, incriminate myself. <laughs> but look, let's see where. Maybe if they get to the quarterfinals, then I'm asked that again. The last time they did reach the quarterfinals and, you know, fell out, I'm um, in the quarterfinal stages. But maybe this time around, it may be a different year. So let's, let's see what see. happens. Let's, let's see. see what happens. Gamu, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.